much. Though I'd rather hear you cheer when you delve, when I, though I'd rather hear you cheer when I delve into Shakespeare. A horse, a horse, my kingdom for a horse. I haven't had a winner in six months. Hey, how you guys doing? Welcome back. What is this, episode four? I don't know. I don't know what ends up, what ends down. I don't think any of you guys do. I had a weird, what was it, like last, I don't know, Sunday or Saturday? That's when shit really sank in. It was, I think, a Sunday or Saturday morning. I don't remember. And it felt like a fucking Tuesday that I called in sick or something. It was just weird and off and quiet and not... You know how the weekend usually pumps you up, gets you going? Um, you know, because you worked all week and it's like, okay, I can relax a little, get some time to myself, figure shit out. And uh, it, it, it didn't... It has that feeling. There's a feeling in it, like there is with lots of shit. And it didn't work out. And... Uh, <laughs> it was fucking weird. You guys know what I'm saying? It's just weird. It's like Saturdays feel like Wednesdays and it's just dead and calm and it really sunk in. I don't know. It felt really off that day and uh, I don't know. It's a weird time. It's definitely no doubt about it. Uh, I don't want to keep talking about it, but I mean, what else is there to, I mean, there's plenty to talk about and that's why I'm here to talk about other shit, but we got to address some issues, you know what I mean? Um, I turn my music down a little. Uh, anyway, thanks for tuning in, you guys. This has been going mildly successful, way more than I thought. Because, you know, when I had this idea, of course, I have self-awareness. I'm well aware of the fact that I'm obnoxious and I have opinions and I fucking talk a lot, and I don't shut the fuck up. Any of my good friends that grew up with me will tell you that. Any of my good friends in comedy will tell you that. They know I talk over people, I interrupt, and it's not because I'm rude or I'm not listening. They'll say something and it will trigger in my head, and I don't know if it's ADHD or whatever. If I don't spit it out, I'll fucking forget it. And it's like, oh, I have a good point, I gotta shoot it out, hold on. And it's totally rude, and it's immature, I don't know if it's immature. It's just the way it's it's me. It's the way I'm fucking wired. Uh, a lot of people are like that, and I realize like if I had conversations with myself, I'd be so annoyed. Like, um, <laughs> you know, uh, it's not that I don't know. Like I'm I I talk to myself all fucking day, right? You guys do that. You walk around, and I just nonstop just talk to myself. I talk out loud. Do you ever get caught talking to yourself, having a total conversation that you're anticipating having with someone, whether it be like something at work's going on, so you're you're plotting it out, you're rehearsing how the conversation's going to go, and you'll be doing it out loud, walking around the yard aimlessly or side of the house or in the house, in the bathroom, and someone will be like, who are you talking to? <laughs> you just and right then and there you just you, it's like a punch a cold punch in the gut with an ice cube or something you just kind of ooh like damn that that kind of stung like oh no one just myself 
you know, if it's better if you own up to it and just say, oh, nothing, I'm just being crazy, having a conversation out loud with myself. You know, people will laugh and kind of go, oh, okay, yeah, I get it. Where if you just say, what? Oh, I wasn't saying nothing. They're like, you're fucking nuts. So I deal with that a lot. Um, and trust me, there's people I call and I text and I have so much to say in such a short amount of time. I just obliterate them with fucking context and they're like, all right, cool. They keep it short and sweet, but that's, I don't know. That's me. I have a lot of friends that like to talk to, and when we get together, it's ours because I'll talk and interrupt them, and then I'll sit back and listen to them and just comment and listen. You know, I'm actually a pretty good listener if it's interesting. <laughs> it's an asshole thing. It's kind of a trite thing to say, but it's true, you know? Like, I mean, fuck. I, and that's where I come back to me. Uh, I realize that not everything I say is terribly interesting, but... Anyway, we, we go for it anyway. I'm going to shut the fuck up. No, I'm not, because it's a podcast about raging and bullshitting, and that's what I'm here to do. But uh, how you guys doing? Everyone doing good, I hope? Yeah? You're washing your hands and wiping down all your doorknobs in your house and your light switches and your countertops and refrigerator door handles. Don't forget your phones and your remote controls, you know? Shit, it's, this thing's like, you know, spreading everywhere, so... It's like glitter, Right? That's that's what I'm gathering. This this whole uh this whole fucking coronavirus, they're making it sound like it's basically the Yeah, it's glitter. Fucking you touch some of it, it's gonna be with you for a while and you're gonna get it on other people and shit. Right? What do they say? It's a good one my girlfriend told me. Glitter is the herpes of crafts. <laughs> you get that shit on you. That it ain't going away. You'll find it months and months later on some article of clothing, or it'll it'll interrupt your life years from now. And you'll be, I haven't glitter. I haven't touched glitter since I was a fucking kid. And Ten years will pass, and you'll find glitter, and you'll get accused of going to a strip club or some shit. You're like, no, motherfucker. I, I did. Uh, I did a. I made a fucking dream catcher with macaroni and shit and feathers back in open classroom and I used glitter and that was like 25 years ago and it somehow is still in my clothes you guys get it that's what this coronavirus seems like right anyway but um I don't know it's just a weird time you know uh fucking we're in some serious weird Truman show meets Chernobyl type shit where we're all kind of just hunkering down not really sure but I don't know. You got to stay positive, right? Positive push. You got to, you got to, you got to like believe in something better or bigger than what's going on. You can hunker down and turn on fucking CNN and Fox News or whatever shit you're into. And I try and stick with NPR. It doesn't matter what news source you're listening to. It's all pretty terrifying. No news is good news, right? We were, we learned that on the fucking Muppets with Gary Ganoos. No Ganoos is good Ganoos. That's what I'm saying. I like to be an ostrich at times like these. I'm going to keep clean, keep away from people, and keep my head in the fucking sand. Just try and figure out what I'm doing with my life. So when this shit ends, if it ever does, and we figure this out, we'll be able to move forward. Uh, but anyway, yeah, those are my thoughts on that shit. Uh, I've just been staying out, you know, skateboarding a lot with the kids. Showing the little guy how to gun hills, which he loves now. It's been a lot of fun. Um... It's going a lot of walks. I, you know what I did the other day? We've been meaning to floor my son's room. We, we, I put uh, those tongue and groove uh, 
wood laminate floors in our house because we had this shitty old like section eight looking fucking linoleum peel and stick crap down the floor that was just depressing and <laughs> fucking outdated so we we brightened the house up and put in this like i think it's natural hickory it's kind of light lightens it up it looks good we did the whole house a while ago but it was incomplete we had to do my son's room so i figured fuck it we'll get it done and man when you used to labor and you don't anymore, I don't know, it's just, there's something about, like, I, I'm an inspector now, so I don't fucking labor, I don't carry tools, I don't carry materials, I don't swing a hammer, I don't break my back, I take pictures and make reports, it's, it's the ideal job for me, because I'm a puss, but that's, I, I used to labor a lot, and I fucked myself, I still have pains from that shit, and uh, I feel like the guys that keep it up never slow down and get those pains you know like I went hard for like 10 10 12 years and now I'm a total fucking pussy when it comes to anything <laughs> involving labor moving I mean I don't know I've not exactly been real healthy the last five years either so it's good to to do this shit but what I found out was I tried to do the flooring and if you haven't used certain muscles that you're unfamiliar with in a really long time Get ready for some serious fuckery. Like, your muscles will do shit you've never... I pulled muscles and hurt muscles I didn't even know I fucking had the other day. Like, I was on my knees for two days, crawling around in fucking jeans, doing tongue and groove, bending over, three-quarter, all the way, on my knees, up all the way again. You know, like a 90 fucking, 90-year-old 90 whore, like Sean Rouse says. That's what my knees look like now. They're fucking cut up, bloody, they're like, they have knots on them and shit. I fucked him up because I didn't have knee pads. I never do this shit. I didn't even think about it. Oh, it's just a little 13 by 12 square fucking, you know, 130 feet square room, some shit, 10 by 13. I don't know. Anyway, fucking did that shit. Took me two days because there no wall in this entire fucking house is straight. Every single one's crooked. You think you're lining it up sweet and you're going next thing you know, you're like, where's the wall going? It just fucking made a hard left. It's like just a big gap. It it was a disaster. I had to make all these weird cuts. A lot of extra shit I didn't plan for. I thought since I did the house in our room that it would be fine. Oh, his, his room's square. No, it was a fucking nightmare. And back to that. Like, I can't squat or bend over. My back is completely shot. My fucking knees are gone. And my, my hamstrings are... that That's the worst part. Like, I was crawling and squatting and doing all this shit. And as you're working, you don't know. But a day later, it hurt. Today's the second day. And, man, I can't even walk. I look like a fucking morbidly obese, like, fucking 55-year-old dude. Like, looking like Ralphie Mae and shit, dude. And it's like fucking walking around dragging my fucking feet like I got gout. I can't even, like, bend over to pick shit up without hearing pops and cracks. And I'm like, ah, I'm like, you all right? I'm like, yeah, 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 I'm good. And it's just, it's brutal, dude. I got, like, my hamstrings are so fucking tight, dude. And then my calves. And then you know what's killing me? Not just the knees, like, the front where I got the knots and the blood and the fucking scabs forming. It, that, not the surface. My, my knees inside hurt, and I think it's because we've been walking an inordinate amount lately, and they're just fucking killing. Like, they feel like I've been playing running back or something and throwing juke moves on the turf. Like, I just fucked them up and yanked them out of place. They're just, they're sore. 
So I'm having seven and sevens, but uh, I don't know if you guys do that. I tried to labor for two days and do some shit that I normally don't do or haven't done for years. And yeah, I got my ass kicked. I'm fucking hurting. No two doubts about it. It's all about being 43 and lazy. You just don't want to do shit anymore. I mean, I go on occasional hikes and walks, but like work, actual work. It felt good to get it done, but dude, I've been in serious pain for two days. At least I know what the pain's from. It's not body aches and pains from the flu or some scary shit like that at a time like this. It's, I know, you know, I know why I'm hurt because I worked like an asshole and now I'm fucked up. So I've just had my first whiskey of the night. I don't drink a lot, but I gotta have one or two, man, especially when my knees are throbbing. It's fucking pulsating. My knees have a heartbeat. Oh, man. Yeah, so I did that, took a few bong rips. I mean, that's whatever. That's I don't take painkillers. I don't take pain pills. I don't really pretty much just handle that with marijuana and maybe a drink or two. And that's, I'm good to go, you know, take my vitamins, stretch, and uh, be all right. You know, you know what I have been enjoying? You know what I fucking love more than anything? I love sleep. I do. Anyone, I mean, I'm sure everyone enjoys it, but I used to know people that didn't. And then, of course, you have people that use meth. See, that's the thing. I've tried meth once in my entire life. In fact, it wasn't even meth. It was fucking crank. If you guys remember that shit, us 90s fuckers that were partying back then, it was like, you know, anyway, I described this in earlier podcasts. It was brutal shit. And I tried it once and just fucking ran around the whole night talking shit to everyone in the party about musical tastes and dumb shit that didn't matter because I was like 15 or 16 and then I remember it was the first time I had a girlfriend and I was trying to have sex and just I had no penis suddenly it was just dude it was awful I was up for two days completely depressed like it was fucking gnarly I was like I don't understand who likes this shit like I tried it I don't like it I don't understand people that like drugs that take like those are three of my favorite things at the time eating sleeping and fucking and i did that shit once i couldn't do either for days <laughs> no thanks dude i'll go back to smoking pot and popping occasional xanax and jerking off i'm fuck this this shit's terrible yeah it's great if you want to fucking turn a walkman into a tattoo gun or fucking you know turn like a vacuum and some heads of lettuce into like a cannon like in, you're in the fucking A-team or something, dude, or you're a crankhead and pull wire all night out of fucking abandoned buildings and shit and recycle it for more tweak, then yeah, that's a great drug. Have at it. Fucking knock yourself out. But for us normal people, I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm a mellow dude. I like to relax. I don't like to be high strung. I did coke for a lot of years and I fucking off and on, not like straight. It was, but you know, I used like anyone went through a few years here and there where it was around and it was mellow and fun, but yeah, it was fucking terrible. It was just like, like, Oh, Hey man, you want to do another line of anxiety? Yeah. Let's do 20 of them tonight. Fuck it. Good idea. Fucking terrible, dude. (laughs) I mean, I had fun sometimes, but yeah, it was a nightmare. Back to sleep, dude. That's, Sleep is killer, dude. I fucking love sleep. That's the one thing I've been embracing about this whole thing. It's like, sleep as much as you can. It's good for the body. It heals, you know. So I'm staying up fucking super late, sleeping in super late. 
Except the last two days. I think this is my body sore. Woke up with a low blood sugar at like 6 in the morning. Panicking and sweating. I had to run and eat. Normally I can go back to bed, but I, I couldn't after that. So I uh, I was up from... So I only got like six hours of sleep then. And last night, same shit, but I didn't wake up shake. I woke up to take a big piss. Big old bright green vitamin piss onto the bushes that just steamed. I love that shit. When I was a kid, I used to love going outside to piss. Guys, you got, you remember this? Piss on your whatever tree or evergreen plant you could find on those cold like winter and spring mornings and it would just mist and steam up. I know it's disgusting, but we'd all lean our heads for it a little bit and take a whiff and it was it smelled like honey nut cheerios or fucking what it was was protein really and sugar and <laughs> all kinds of crap. But I'm 43 now. Nothing's changed, dude. I woke up the other morning at like 6. It was freezing outside. And my toes were freezing, but I was just sitting there draining one onto the plants. And it was just steaming, man. It was fucking beautiful. I don't know what it is, dude. I love I love pissing outside. But, uh, yeah, I haven't been getting a whole lot of sleep because, well, the last two days. But the days before that, I'm getting 10, 9, 10 hours, which is unheard of for me. It's been fantastic. I fucking love it. It's just an escape. I don't have dreams anymore. I haven't had a fucking dream in years. They say you dream every night, but fuck, I don't, dude, I don't remember shit. The only dreams I do remember are occasional nightmares. You know what I mean? Like, I, I fucking, it sucks. I never have good dreams. I have fucking nightmares, which is kind of cool, because at least you wake up relieved, and you're like, oh, you know, you have a good dream, you wake up bummed out. You have a shitty dream, you wake up stoked. <laughs> it's like, have a great dream, you wake up and fucking it's not real. And you're like, fuck, what a bummer. You have a fucking shitty dream, you wake up fucking heart thumping. And you're like, oh, fuck, thank God, that was just a dream. Holy shit. Or you're falling off like the fucking Empire State Building or something. You're about to hit the ground and suddenly you wake up and you're like, oh my God. Thank God. I was just about to touch down. My feet were starting to move, and then I just jerked yourself out of bed. You do that shit? Those are the dreams I have once every six months, and then other than that, I don't know shit. I think it's from smoking marijuana to go to sleep. It helps me go to sleep, and someone said that when you smoke at night, that, that it pretty much cancels your dreams, and uh, or you can't remember them or something. I don't know. Fuck if I know, dude. I take sleep over dreams. I don't need to be up all night wrestling with fantasies and fucking nightmares. Oh. So, I don't know. I love fucking sleep. Man, you know, I was thinking like with all this unemployment shit going on and everyone's worried about work and all the different jobs that are essential workers that are having to risk shit and be out there, which really fucking sucks. But like, I started thinking about jobs and I was like, the one I have now, but I was thinking like, God damn, I'm 43. I started working when I was about 16. Um, well, I started working before that, but, um, like at an actual job job where you had to give your social security number and shit. I was like 16, um, uh, started working 14, 15, 13, actually you guys. Anyway, I've had so many weird fucking odd jobs. I just started thinking about them and, uh, <coughs> excuse me. Um, no, I started thinking about them and. I don't know if you guys are, dude, I've had, dude, probably 25 to 40 jobs in my life, <laughs> fucking strange gigs, normal gigs, weird gigs, like, I've done a lot of shit, like, um, I'm gonna try and remember them, I didn't write them down before this, because, 
like I've emphasized, this is really unstructured and unorganized, much like my life. And I'm getting that, I'm getting a beat on that, but uh, someday this podcast will follow suit. But for now, I'm just going to, off the top of my head, I was thinking all these weird jobs I've had. um, Like, let's see, like, I think the first job I had was like, I was 13. I worked for, if you guys invent, did anyone ever work for youth employment? You guys remember youth employment that you you would call this number through the county and what they would do is set you up with like uh, homeowners and shit, old people that couldn't labor anymore and they would pay you like it back then like shit. It was probably late 80s, early, early 90s, right around the early 90s, um, late 80s, early 90s is when I was doing it and you would get like. I remember I did, and I went and I shoveled a bunch of gravel and rocks for this old guy up in Ondolondo in the hills in Ventura. Me and this other guy, this kid Nicholas, and we sat up there for like, I don't know, three hours shoveling gravel because a guy was landscaping his yard with cactus and shit. Uh, and he was all fucked up. So we did it. And he, I mean, back then he paid us, you know, like I said, it was late 80s, early 90s. So he'd, I think he gave us like seven or eight bucks an hour each. But, you know, when you're fucking 13 i mean money you know you go up there for a few hours on a saturday and come home with like 30 bucks or something you're pretty stoked um so i worked there i did a bunch of odd jobs there i think i trimmed some hedges shoveled rocks like fucking basically slave labor as a kid to earn money to piss away on like candy and video game arcades and fucking buying used pornos off your fucking friends from the, that they stole from their older brothers and shit I, you know whatever magazines vhs cassette tapes uh but you know so i worked there and then like as i got all i think when i first like job job like my dad had a restaurant simi valley and i would go out and like 15 16 i would do catering gigs with him where i just help him set everything up and He'd cook all the meat and shit. They'd have burgers and chicken sandwiches and tri-tip and ribs and all this shit. And they would cater parties. And I remember going to like Malibu Canyon and a bunch of places over. And a lot of shit in Malibu and then a few places in uh, in the valley. And I don't know. But I would I would earn money doing catering there. But first real job I had, let's see, I worked. Uh, I was a busboy at Pierpont Inn. Uh, and that was my first real gig. And I remember I had a car. I bought a, I bought a fucking used 1964 Jetstar 88 Oldsmobile, and it was a fucking um, a column shift, three on the tree. And that's what I learned. To, that's how I learned to drive stick shift. My friend Maddie showed me how to drive that th- fucking thing, and it was cool, bitchin' old car, black. It looked like the Batmobile. It was fucking kick ass. But uh, I bought that car with money I earned from working all summer with my dad and it would do his 300 bucks dude and had no brakes we had a friend of ours that did brakes and shit come over and put them on and we got it registered i drove that shit around drove to high school it was cool but i had that and i drove to pierpont and that's where i worked bus there at tips i worked at eric erickson's on the pier as a bus boy i fucking washed windows at my window man i did i've done pest control for terminex <clears throat> terminex dewey pest control uh, some random place up in Fresno for a little bit when I was there, uh, fucking, uh, what else, I've worked at Vaughn's Blockbuster Video, um, I, I worked at a place called Progressive Connections that I, I, like, uh, I guess you would say, I, I just basically was in charge of, like, a handful of special needs people that had, like, um, 
like, you know, like highly functioning autistic and stuff, you'd have to like help them like go to the grocery store and, and buy groceries and plan their meals, that kind of stuff. And they would cook them and just, you know, make sure they were up on their hygiene and, and doing laundry and they were getting, they had jobs to make sure they had to get to work on time and everything was good. You know, just made sure they stayed on top of things and helped them out. And that was a, that was a weird gig. I had some hilarious clients, dude. Guys, I watched this guy, uh, Daniel, I used to watch. This was hilarious. You know, I'll tell you this quick story. Daniel was this guy I took care of and, um, you know, he was, he was your typical, I'm, I'm not trying to make fun of anybody, but you know, he was the guy, he would, you know what his thing was? They all had these charts, right? And what, there was something they did that was not acceptable and you had to kind of make sure they didn't do it. It was like a behavioral thing, behavioral trait. And this guy, Daniel you know what his thing was? He fucking crop dusted. That was his fucking thing. I shit you not. That's what the dude did. He would go into crowds or groups of people. That he planned it. He would oh shit, I got one coming on. And he would go over there and stand in the middle of everyone and just sit there. And then everyone would start looking around like, oh, what the fuck, man? And and he would sit there. And this is what I mean. I'm not trying to make fun of the guy or people with these problems. But it was just, you know, he would be standing there. It was pretty fucking funny. He would start smelling like shit. And everyone would be like, what the fuck is that? And here's Daniel sitting there playing the the invisible Rubik's cube right by his mouth and 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 grumbling going, and laughing and then he burst into hysterical laughter, dude. And like it would be like, oh, and everyone would get pissed off and like, come on, man. And that was his thing. And I had to like make sure he didn't do that. Like, dude, that's not socially acceptable. We don't do that. That's bad manners. And he knew it, but he didn't give a fuck. And it was just, well, you know, whatever, dude. I thought it was hysterical, dude. And uh he got me in trouble because back then I smoked cigarettes and I remember I was smoking out in the parking lot. I said, don't smoke. Oh, yeah, I was taking a five minute. He was like what, doing something, watching TV. I'm going to go outside, make a phone call or whatever. And he uh, so anyway, I was out there smoking and he told on me and they told me, hey, you can't smoke around Daniel. And I was like, nah, man, I was fucking like 100 yards from him way out in the parking lot. And they're like, no, nah, just anyway. But years later, I'm doing comedy. I'm talking like two three months ago up in Ojai at the vine monday night and there's a crowd of like four or five people on the front table around there and fuck i look over and i double took real quick what the fuck while i'm on while i'm up there doing shit doing like uh, bits and fucking daniel sitting there with like I, I don't know who he was with i don't know if it was like relatives or someone that's watching they were all sitting in the front row and they were laughing their ass off and i fucking swear to god he was, he was really smart and he had really good memory. All. He remembers me and I wanted to go talk to him after, but they took off and I had done some, I don't know, but it was a bizarre fucking incidents, uh, turn of events there running to crop dust and fucking Daniel up at the vine 15 years after 20 years, maybe after the fact. But, um, yeah, I've had that kind of gig. I, uh, I've trimmed weed. I mean, a lot of people have done that. That was not really a gig. That wasn't like a full-time. I've like merchandised. I've, I've, I've worked at fucking, I think I said, yeah, I already worked at Vaughn's. I worked at, uh, I, uh, what was some other strange gigs I've had? Um, oh, I delivered fucking balloons. I swear to God, there was this fucking place called like, I don't remember the name of it, but it was, they had bouquets of fucking balloons. They delivered to weddings and whatever the fuck it was it could have been like one two mylar balloons and a bunch of shit and some flowers with a bag of candy for a graduation to like 80 80 like 200 fucking black and 
gold graduation balloons for Ventura High. It was bizarre, but it was such a weird fucking gig. Uh, the people were strange and ran it. Uh, never mind. I'm not going to beat them down, but I don't know, dude. I've done everything. I've delivered pizzas at different places, Hungry Howie's, Pizza Chief. Dude, I will have a whole episode dedicated to Pizza Chief. Talk about some strange fucking years. Just not in, I'm talking just in life at Pizza Chief. That place was like fantastic, depressing, tragic, funny. It was everything all in one. The characters that worked there. Dude, I'm going to do a whole episode on Pizza Chief. You guys will get to tune into that shit. Pizza Chief down in, uh, Two of them, actually, dude. I, but the main one I'm talking about is the the original, the OG one on Main Street by Ventura High School. But the other one down in Montalvo that used to be over in Bristol, 7-Eleven, that fucking ghetto place. I worked there for a while, and that was fucking psycho, too. I got to do a whole episode about Pizza Chief. I got, that's, dude, I got stories that you got. I, that thing's going to be like an hour and a half to two hours long, and we're going to have guests from the chief. I already got it planned, dude, because there is some serious fucking shit that went down there and just, I'm going to make a fucking movie about it, like, eventually. It's, it's, it's a dark comedy for sure, in itself. It was chaos, but I'll get to that. But hey, I wanted to get to uh, some stories here about, uh, I'm going to wrap this up here. I don't want to burn you guys out too much. We're already hitting a half hour here, but, um. Again, raging bullshitter. That's what I do. Blah, 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 blah. You guys are like, dude, shut the fuck up. Like, I try and listen back to this shit, and I can't. Because I just, I'll set it, and I'm like, I don't give a fuck. If they like it, they like it. <laughs> but I'll get better. I promise you. I'll do it for you guys. Uh, uh, sorry. Another drink there. Okay, so check this shit out. Um, I, uh... Alright, so... I'm going to tell this story, dude. It's pretty fucking cool, but, um, hold on a second, guys. I gotta, I, my fucking back and knees are killing you. I'm not, I, this is kind of a, I just, I don't really want to keep stopping and pausing because I feel like it's fucking up the momentum, but, um, for your entertainment, oops, that lighter don't work. Hold on, guys. Let me, let me take this hit real quick. a dry cough, I can tell you that, <coughs> that's not COVID-19, that's fucking Diamond OG, that's from uh, Duber805, their uh, weed's been stepping up, man, if you guys are needing delivery, they deliver, uh, that's uh, Duber805 Weed Delivery Service, they have edibles, they have lots of other shit, um, but look them up on social media, Facebook and Instagram. I think it's uh, Duber805. That's D-O-O-B-E-R-805. They take Venmo too, which is fucking fantastic. So check them out. I don't know if they have a full website. I'm pretty sure they do, but follow them. They have all their updates on their stuff. You can call them too. Uh, they have their number on there. They'll give you all their deals and they'll uh, take care of you. And they deliver and they're prompt and quick and they take Venmo. So you could just Venmo them your money and they'll show up with what you need. You don't have to leave the house. Seeing as we're on lockdown. So yeah, hit them up. That's Duber805. Kind of like Uber, but Duber. Get it? It's a fucking pretty brilliant name. Anyway, hit them up. 
they've been helping me out a lot. Uh, Oscar and uh, his wife said new baby, so uh, help them out. They're they're good good people, really good company, and their products have improved drastically. Um, good stuff. They have good stuff. So hit them up. They're good people. Take care of them. Support local businesses. They need it just as bad as anyone, and you need your bud. So hit them up. They got everything. Um, so check this out. Uh, when I was washing windows for my window man in Oxnard years ago, down off the boulevard there, I, I did a bunch of weird jobs. I'd be everywhere. So I got to know lots of people, every walks of life. I'm talking fucking millionaires and mansions up in like Spanish Hills to the Hills in Ventura to out in like Westlake Village and shit like that to Malibu all the way to like fucking section eight houses and fucking Oxnard all over the place. Um, so I talked and met with all kinds of people, rich fucks, you know, trust fund babies to fucking struggling section eight people working three jobs, struggling to make it people on disability, middle-class people that just need help, you know, everything. So I'm down one day in, um, Oxnard Shores at the, uh, Oxnard Shores mobile home park, Hollywood beach mobile home park to be exact. And, uh, my grandma used to live there and, um, she had this little tin pink, it was a pink mobile home and it was a great place. I have great memories there. I would go and spend the nights in like high school and shit. I love my grandma. She was the legend, dude. Grandma June. She was everything, man. She worked for Disney when she, uh, she quit when she got pregnant with my mom in 41, but she was a cell painter for Disney back in the day. And she worked on like Snow White, the first ever tons of cartoons. She worked on Dumbo, Bambi. Um, I believe Fantasia, um, I may be wrong about Fantasia, I'm not sure when that came out, but she was gone by then, she went to Otis Art School in the 30s and then graduated and, um, anyway, she worked at Disney and when she moved to this mobile home park in Oxnard, one of her neighbors that we met there, this guy Don Henderson, groovy old dude, total 70s cat, he wore like a fucking leather derby cap. He had like blue blocker sunglasses and a big old like white mustache and he always he had tobacco he always chewed tobacco and he had pipes those old corn cob pipes he'd be burning those things with that cherry vanilla tobacco smell you remember as a kid from like amusement parks and ball games and shit and uh, he was classic dude he wore like suspenders and fucking like striped shirts and he uh, he worked for Disney as well and he was like a major like director producer guy and he had some great stories well. Years after my grandma passed away, I was washing windows and I got called down there to wash a mobile home and it was fucking Don Henderson's and I was so, I couldn't have been more stoked. I was so glad to see him just brought back good memories and, and we started chatting he and his wife and, um, he was telling me all the stories under the sun, dude, when I was in there talking about working at Disney and he had the fucking bitch in his story. He told me, uh, you know, it was not with Disney, but someone else, or maybe Disney was involved, but in the 60s, he got paid, uh, he didn't give me the, the amount, a lot of money, and a big house overlooking the ocean in Malibu with a swimming pool, and five bedrooms, and all this shit for his family, and he was basically given two years to, and paid to just come up with ideas for Planet of the Apes, the television series and the movies, so he got to chill for two years in the 60s, getting paid ridiculous amounts of money for Disney or whoever was involved with it, writing Planet of the Apes and all this crazy stories. And they told me when he was working at Disney during 
Fantasia. This was probably in the... Well, no, see, Fantasia, that's why I don't think my grandma did work on that. Because I thought that was later in the 50s and shit. He told me in the fucking 50s, even before the 60s movement, Disney offered him an undisclosed amount of money to take LSD and sit in a room for hours and paint to see what he came up with. And I was tripping. I was going like, what the fuck? And he's like, yeah, man, it was fucking wild. And I was like, did you do it? And I remember Don told me, he was like, he's like, well, well no, I didn't. And I said, ah, oh, dude. And he's like, well, this was the 50s, you see. No one was really that hip to it yet. You know, the hippies weren't taking it. There was no hippies quite yet. Uh, you know, there was the beatnik movement was starting. I remember him telling me this. And he's on like, those guys would dabble. But, you know, they were considered crazy and whatnot. But, you know, musicians and heroin addicts and shit. And uh, he's all, like, which I was a part of that group. I was an artist and movie writer. I didn't give a shit, you know. I, I was down. But I just, that stuff, he told me straight up with kids and stuff. He was a little worried because he's like, we, we didn't know the long-term effects of that shit yet. You know, they knew it. They were making it in labs and whatever else. And But I, you know, he said that some friends of his did it. But I, I thought that was fucking wild. He was telling me all these crazy stories about them offering him to take fucking acid and shit and paint. And, you know, back in the late 50s, early 60s and how he had all these written all this cool shit. But uh, <laughs> it was fucking bizarre. It was, he was a cool old caddy. I mean, he's long gone now. But uh, I always... Him and my grandma just, you know, I used to go to my grandma's on the weekends when I was, like I said, high school and I would fucking, uh, we would stay up till two, three in the morning watching Laurel and Hardy tapes, fucking laughing. We'd be playing poker. She taught me how to play five card stud, five card draw, all the poker games, midnight baseball, um, uh, Omaha, pineapples, all that shit. She, she knew all the card room games and shit. Like, uh, we, we used to do that and we bet nickels and dimes and quarters and sit there and snack all night she'd make those uh quesadillas in cast iron skillet with lots of butter and shit they're all crispy they're fa fucking fantastic coca-colas and she had her cookie jar stuffed with oreos yeah it was a fucking diabetics nightmare but you know i she she my grandpa was diabetic she looked after made sure i took all the insulin i need <laughs> and then we'd watch uh she was a big Dodger fan, but she loved baseball in general. So the Atlanta Braves, if you guys remember back in that time, were on every day on TBS. TBS, everyone had TBS because Turner Broadcasting owned everything. So fucking, we watched the Atlanta Braves back in the 80s. And it was like Dale Murphy and Ozzie Virgil was a catcher. And they had like fucking, uh, God, what was his name? I got to think of some more Braves from that team. I just remember Dale Murphy in particular, Bob Horner. Um, oh my God, I can't even think of the dudes, but I remember just always watching them, uh, and the Cubs WGN. So we'd watch baseball and I'd go swimming and it was great. It was by the beach and, you know, Laurel and Hardy and cookies and fucking quesadillas and fucking, she'd be walking around farting and shit and I'd be cracking up. I don't know. It was a good time. She, she was an artist. So she'd be in the back always smoking her Capri cigarettes, listening to Louis Armstrong painting all these still lifes and shit with their acrylic paints. I miss June. She was great. But uh, anyway, yeah, so I had those bizarre stories from her and Don Henderson uh, getting offered to take acid. I'm going to close this shit out here soon with um, So another part of um, this shit I want to talk about was uh, I got drinking was I, I was cracking up at like all the uh, shit that people do like 
When I had my job at um, Terminex, that's who I was working for. It was Terminex. And got hired there, and I was doing, like, termite work. Like, they did all kinds of pest control, but I was doing termite shit. And then I got out of that, and I was just doing general pest shit. And I remember one day, and I was going through a bad time in my life. Like, I, I think I was, like, divorcing or splitting up. And uh, the marriage was traumatic anyway, but I had the kids and I just, it was a nightmare. I was trying to take them and move out and she was going ape shit and I was hanging out with friends and kind of doing a lot of bumps and shit and not getting a lot of sleep and stressed out and worried and fucking working this job early in the morning. I was, dude, I looked like shit and I was doing blow. Uh, it was a dangerous time for me. I was a fucking idiot. Um, but anyway, dude, this is hilarious. Listen to this shit. This gets good. So I'm working for Terminex and they say, hey, uh, Friday, you're going to go up to the to the Reagan Ranch up in Santa Barbara. Hope Ranch, I think is what it is. And it's the Reagan's presidential home. It's like a fucking tourist spot now. They give tours there and shit. You got to check all the bait stations. They're like rodent stations all around the property. They told me there's like 30 of them. Gave me a map and shit. And they're like, go up there for fucking however long it takes. A few hours. Get that shit done. Try it. You know, whatever. Yada, yada, yada. So I fucking go, all right. And I'm fucking exhausted. Stressed out. I'm, I'm running on emotion. Haven't slept. Eating like shit. Trying to maintain my diabetes. Going through this stressful shit. I'm doing blow, right? I, not a ton, but I had some leftover from like a cup from like Saturday or something, a little bit, and there was some left, and I just held on to it. Fucking, I go up there, and I had it for a week, and I was like, ah, fuck it, Friday morning rolls around. Whatever, man. And I do a rail, and I get some coffee, and a fucking, you know, like I needed that. I been fuck, I should have been drinking water, but no, I'm an idiot. So I go up there, and I'm jacked up. I needed. I was exhausted, so I do a little bump, right? Made sure and ate because I was a responsible drug addict. So I did like a little bump and I went up there, get up there, talk to the guy, start doing shit. I'm clueless about this place. I've never been there. Don't give a flying fuck about Ronald Reagan or anything. He said, fuck, I could care less. And I fucking, so I go up there. I just knew, you know, his whole, I knew who the fuck he was. He was an actor and then the governor and then the fucking president and his wife, Nancy, and the, you know, just say no in the D.A.R.E. program. That was all her bullshit, the war on drugs. Even though her husband was bringing all that shit into the fucking Southland. I, well, that's for another time and place. But anyway, you get it. So I'm at the I'm at the Reagan Ranch and I'm checking bait stations. I'm high on cocaine. I'm fucking walking around this place. I'm taking breaks and going and smoking camel lights out in my truck like a fuck. I was such a degenerate. And then I fucking come back and... I'm like, man, I got to take a shit. So I go into the bathroom there, right? And it's in it's in Ronald Reagan and Nancy's actual fucking personal suite, right? And there's, um, so I go into the room and there's like the living room and the kitchen area and this and that. No one's in there. It's quiet like the whole fucking place. So I walk in and, and there's the bathroom. Well, perfect. I shut the door. This is This is Nancy Reagan's personal bathroom i lock the door sit down fuck yeah sit down pull my pants down sit down. i'm gonna take a big dump take a breather for a minute oh shit i realize when i reach into my pockets as i'm undoing my belly reaching there fuck i'm gonna get my phone or whatever and i realize oh yeah shit 
I got the rest of that teener in my pocket. So I'm thinking, yeah, I think I'll do a little rail right here. And I'm sitting there. I get it out and I pour it out on the sink and I'm chopping it up with my fucking license and shit. Didn't want to use my bank card. Using my license like a dipshit in case I get pulled over and I have to give it to a cop and he happens to see residue. Anyway, I wasn't, I was a good cokehead. I made sure I cleaned it up. So anyway, I'm fucking dicing this shit up on the sink as I'm sitting there pinching a loaf and I'm leaning to the side with the fucking pants down on my ankles, chopping up a line of coke, get out a dirty fucking $1 bill, $5, I don't even fucking remember it. Roll it up. Like a degenerate, I fucking do a big old rail. And then it strikes me. I'm going, dude, you just did a line of coke in Nancy Reagan's personal fucking bathroom. <laughs> I was like, even then, like myself, I'm all, dude, that shit is fucking awesome. I didn't even think about how cool that was. I'm like, the lady solely responsible for the war on drugs and fucking the D.A.R.E. program just say no, all that shit, right? I just did a rail of coke off her bathroom sink that her husband probably helped get into L.A. somehow at one point or another. <laughs> it was hysterical, dude. I was fucking dying. I didn't realize that I had just... The lady that was responsible for all that shit, I had just done that too. Oh, my God. So, anyway, yeah, I... uh I don't know. <laughs> I usually don't laugh that hard at my own shit. I really don't. But that that one just tickles me. And I think I've had some whiskey. So, yeah. If So, if you ever feel like you're being a shithead at work, um, you know, I've done some other dumb shit at work. Real bad shit. That's not the only job I did lines at. That's for Pizza Chief. I'll get to that. Like I told you. It's going to be a whole two-hour episode with interviews and shit on that one. Um, but anyway, that was my Nancy Reagan cocaine story at the Reagan ranch. I thought that was fucking funny. I didn't even know, realize what I was doing when I was doing it till like the minute I came up from the sink, like, I'm like, oh, you know, douching my nose with water. And I was like letting it run. And I just went like, dude, oh, fuck. I almost forgot to tell you guys. That was the best part. Right after I'm sitting there wiping my ass after I was like kind of all jolly and giddy. Oh, yeah, this is great. I just did a line of coke in Nancy Reagan's bathroom. Yeah, fuck you. Like, you know, all stoked and shit on it. I remember I was wiping my ass and I hear someone talking. There's a dude. The fucking tour guide comes in there. And he and I'm hearing him through the bathroom door. And he tries to open the bathroom. Oh, hold on. I'm in here. And he goes, oh, okay. And this and that. And uh, I'm like, holy shit. He's got a group of people in the house. And he's taking him on the fucking tour. He's going, and this was the first lady's personal bathroom here. And he tried to open the door. And I oh, shit. And I grabbed it because I was like, oh, someone's here. He tried to open the door. I'm taking a shit. And I'll be right out. She goes, oh, someone's using the bathroom. Oh, and I heard him chuckling and shit. And, oh, fuck. I don't know. So I washed my hands. And I you know, flushed the toilet. And I come out. And he's standing there with like eight to ten people on a tour. I'm like, sorry, man. She used the bathroom. And I just took a shit. So they were all going to go in there and check out her bathroom. That I just shit in and did a line off the sink. <laughs> that fucking, uh, he tells me, oh, this isn't, this is part of the exhibit. You're not supposed to use the best restrooms in here. That's why we have, there's like eight outhouses right outside the door here. Did you not see them? He was like angry at me. And I'm like, 
I didn't. In fact, no one told me. I was just in here to check. He goes, okay, yeah, no, that's all right. Okay, no worries. I'm all, all right, later, dude. And I fucking walked out of there, lit up a cigarette, got in my truck, boned the fuck out. I didn't check half the bait stations. Checked it as good, took off, and that was it. Oh, fuck. I'm out of breath, guys. That was fucking, I, I totally, I kept forgetting. I was like, oh, shit, yeah, the guy came in while you were taking a dump. I fucking, that's one of the best parts of the story. <laughs> Hey, thanks for tuning in to another uh, Raging Bullshitter podcast. I really appreciate the support. This is, like I said, it's doing mildly uh, successful for what I thought. I thought I'd get eight listeners and everyone would be sick of me. You probably are going to get sick of me, but I got some good shit coming up. Stay tuned. And uh, once again, we're going to get out of here. So thanks for tuning in. Have a good night. Be safe. Be good to each other. Love one another. Keep your fucking hands clean, all right? Snap her heads. Until the next time, we'll see you then.